Hey everyone, and thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Free UC with 2600 Hertz podcast. I'm Elisa Bartash, the 2600 Hertz voice, and your MC for today. And we're back in action once again to bring you an exciting new episode. Today we'll be chatting with our very own James Imanetti about one of my favorite topics and a topic that is near and dear to our hearts here at 2600 Hertz. That topic is redundancy. For those of you who don't know James, he's our systems architect and has been with 2600 Hertz from the very beginning. He's been building Kazoo for the past nine years and is an Erlang fanatic and expert. All right, let's dive right in. Hey, James, thanks for being here with me today. How's it going? It's going well. Thanks for having me. Great. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm excited to pick your brain about redundancy. Now, as our resident expert, I know you have a ton of valuable information to share with our listeners. And it seems like every cloud communications provider says they have a redundant solution. But when you really dig into it, that might not actually be the reality for many of them. And I feel like there are some common misconceptions about redundancy based on the way some companies have their data center set up. I know there are two widely used redundancy setups in the industry, hot standbys and distributed systems. Can you give our listeners a quick rundown of each setup and some of the pros and cons of each of them? Sure, so in a hot standby setup, you basically have two instances of the application one of which is actively processing a call, for instance, while the other one is sitting there ready to take over uh, should the primary fail. This obviously increases your costs because you have one server basically nothing, and it's just there in case of failure. Um, with a distributed system, you have more the idea of both servers being actively processing calls, and if one fails, then any traffic that was going to that server being redirected to the other. Um, the trick with that setup is you have what's called a stampeding herd effect, where if both servers are loaded up to 51% or more capacity, then one fails. Obviously, that 51% plus the existing 51% could potentially take down your second server. So you have to scale horizontally to account for that sort of stampeding. That's a really great overview of the different setups, but let's dig a little bit deeper since there's so much to know about redundancy. What about redundancy versus geo-redundancy? Would you say that these terms are interchangeable? And what are some of the common misconceptions about redundancy versus geo-redundancy? Do you need geo-redundancy to have a truly redundant setup? So I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that you can have redundancy just by running more instances of your application. Um, with web, simple websites, that works because you're just serving up the appropriate data, HTML, CSS, whatever. Um, but when you have something like voice traffic, you can't just serve up a voice call on a new server, right? All of the people that are participating in a particular call have to go somewhere new to then get the audio flowing properly, things like that. So it's not just as simple as if I have one server and I add a second server, boom, I'm redundant. Um, the software that's more complicated than simply serving web pages like that, there's more to it. So you actually have to start at programming level and have a language like Erlang 
um, that can provide redundancy within the programming model. And then the virtual machine that Erlang runs on uh, provides building blocks for building redundant systems as well. Once you have the software portion, then you can start to scale out horizontally so that you have redundant servers. And then, as we alluded to with geo-redundancy, if your whole data center goes down, then your service is not very useful. So now you need to make sure that a ge you know, something happening in one geographic location doesn't impact the other geographic location. Um, and so we see that where we can fail over traffic from East Coast, the Midwest, West Coast as, as appropriate, depending on what's happening in those specific, specific geographic areas. That's a really clear distinction, James. Now, after hearing about all these aspects of redundancy, I'm sure our listeners are wondering where 2600 Hertz falls on the spectrum of redundancy. Can you give our listeners a high level, high level overview of 2600 Hertz's redundancy setup? What are the advantages and challenges of our setup versus a hot standby? So I won't bore you with a lot of the computer science details around distributed systems, but suffice it to say that they are challenging. In a hot standby setup, it's pretty basic and straightforward and easy to reason about in that you have a server doing something and you have a server waiting to take over. And that's from a conceptual perspective, that's much easier to deal with. With um, the way a distributed system works, there's more leniency and there's more, you're not quite sure if something is down or just slow, right? So if I expect a response from you within two seconds and it's getting to be a second and a half, closing in on that two second timeout, do I treat you as down or do are you just slow or overwhelmed, right? So there's more ambiguity in the system and so it can make it harder to reason about what's happening in the cluster as a whole. Now, we have uh, the benefit of designing our systems from day one to account for these distributed system challenges. Most software is written to run on a single server, and so do these distributed systems problems are, an are not part of the discussion until much further down the product line, and then they become a bolted-on feature, usually hastily done. So 2600 Hertz has the benefit of planning for this from day one. So that's a big difference in how our setup uh, operates versus how a lot of people in the industry do it, where they kind of duct tape it on as they go. Now, from 2600 Hertz perspective, the whole idea is you, no single points of failure. So in the programming model, uh, we have multiple safeguards against when things go wrong. Uh, at the server level, everything is running redundantly with multiple instances. Um, the load is shared amongst them and scaled appropriately so that no one server going down will impact the rest of the servers. Um, and then at the geo-redundant scale, we have special things uh, that we call federation that allow the different geographic areas to communicate with each other only when necessary to minimize the delay between talking between data centers. Um, and then in addition to all of this sort of software level redundancy, we also have more hardware practical redundancy, such as uh, multiple DNS records, 
for your phones so that if the server the phone is talking to goes down, the phone can find a new server, as well as things that is, are often overlooked like IP transit. You know, you have to have more than one internet provider going to your data center. And a lot of people don't think about that. So at, at, at every step, at every level, we have multiple options so that if any one thing goes wrong, we have a way around. Well, there's definitely a lot to consider when it comes to redundancy. And I really appreciate you sharing all of that great information with our listeners today. Um, and I really don't want to take up too much of your time. So thank you very much for that overview, James. It's been a really great discussion. And I hope our listeners have learned a thing or two. Um, so thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to chat with me. Sure. Thanks for having me, Lisa. And a huge thanks to our listeners for joining us today. We'd love to hear if you have special topics you'd like to hear about, special guests you'd like us to talk to, or really anything that interests you about UC. Send your ideas over to us at marketing at 2600hertz.com, and make sure you stay connected with us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Don't miss our next episode of Free UC with 2600 Hertz by subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. All right, we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone.